not directly cannibalizing. It's rather about a new target group because what car dealers realize is that people start demanding a flexible ownership, which is subscription, and therefore they are kind of forced to have an answer. Being able to integrate our software everywhere, meaning API first, is kind of the strategic decision we made already several years ago, and therefore kind of starting and leveraging our API, not only externally, but also internally, using our own API in our services. Most favorite part of my job is seeing my team grow, coaching people to enable them to help themselves in order to make themselves better. But surely, and in the end, our business as well, but Looking at the bottom line, your company is the sum of the people you're having and their skills. Welcome to the Platform Pioneers, a show about the bright minds behind the world's largest digital platforms and the stories of how they built them. I am your host, Kuros, and together we'll uncover the secrets behind creating, scaling, and managing some of the most successful platforms out there. Welcome back to the Platform Pioneers podcast. Today we are joined by Max Renaud, the CEO of Farn. Farn enables car dealers, OEM, or even banks and insurances to become a car subscription provider through their white label platform. Before Farn, Max co-founded Palabi, but without further ado, Max, maybe you can introduce yourself. Tell a bit about what you do at Farn, what's Farn's vision, what the company does, and who your customer is. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks uh, for having me. Uh, so hi to everyone listening. Yeah, uh, Max, uh, 30 years old now. Uh, as you already mentioned, I'm a chief operating officer, meaning basically I'm in charge of all the fun stuff, uh, meaning uh, legal data, uh, customer support, and also uh, finance. Um, so that's kind of a, my main expertise. Basically, my background is uh, studies in e-commerce, meaning kind of studying back in uh, 20, what was it, 15, 16, um, studying kind of online commerce, online website building, all that kind of stuff. Speaking about Farn, uh, it's kind of uh, entangled, yeah, I'd say entangled into our studies because we kind of founded it in, in uh, 2018, back when we were still students, basically, out of straight out of university. And back then... Um, Yeah, we started uh, with the thought of it would be cool to have a car ordered and managed as you have your Netflix or Spotify subscription. So that was kind of the, the starting idea, I'd say. The, the current up-to-date vision maybe of, not maybe, but uh, most certainly is uh, enabling companies to become car subscription providers as you have it with, I don't know, Shopify, for instance, enabling each and every business out there to set up his online, online business, online shop, basically. So that's kind of the, the major vision we're having right now. And, and that's very interesting because definitely there's been uh, some, some traction recently. What was that, that biggest pain point maybe from a B2B perspective? So for the people offering the subscription and maybe from a B2B2C perspective for the, for the person yeah. eventually using it. Because I think that's, that's, that's like a fundamental shift happening in, in uh, the past years. Yeah, yeah, 100%. We, we, we did made, I think, quite normally uh, a lot of changes to the business and, and had quite a few pivots, basically. Um, so the first one is kind of the major one, I guess, because we started out as a, as a, as a Yeah, customer and consumer brand basically kind of offering the cars directly to consumers, but soon realized that it was a real serious fuss about managing cars and managing customers. So as for the car part, 
or vehicle part, basically, we, we realized, okay, we are not kind of experts to it. So we went back and said, hey, dear car dealer, um, which we were kind of working together back at the time, you're the expert, we are rather the software expert. So I think the best way would be that we kind of provide the software to you in form of a marketplace, basically. And then you kind of uh, leverage our software in order to offer subscription, basically. That was kind of the marketplace idea. So uh, that was kind of the first major pivot. And then the, the second one, I think, was back in March 2020. So uh, kind of pre-COVID uh, and, and actually kind of um, kicking in while COVID was kind of hitting the world. So we, we were about to, to raise new funds, new additional funds, but basically the, the fundraising amount was kind of cut in half, literally. And therefore, we didn't have any kind of marketing budget left, but we had enough money to kind of sustain us. And we kind of thought through, okay, how we kind of solve it, the, the, the problem now. We can't market our kind of marketplace anymore. But yeah, we do have customers. They have plenty of money. So let's have them kind of market our product. So yeah, kind of switching there to the now present software as a service business model, I'd say. And, and I mean, the, yeah, that's and, a great story. Maybe if I can attach it, because that yeah. is a true platform story. We also here like to to talk about like how business models on platforms evolve, yeah. and, and that is a yeah. a very uh, good example of that. Sorry. Yeah. No worries. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So coming back maybe to, to the initial question, what was kind of the major pain point? I think right now we are kind of enabling companies who, who don't have the money, the time, the expertise, especially offering state-of-the-art subscription software for mobility. And um, that is kind of the, the major issue for companies we are solving with our software. Back then it was kind of a, yeah, we need to try this, uh, this thing, uh, our uh, digital subscription with cars kind of thing. So, but I, I think staying in the present is answering your question. It's, it's very interesting. Maybe if you could, because I think that's, that's uh, extremely interesting. If you walk us through like a, a journey of a, a, let's say a car dealership that, that uses the software, mm -hmm. what kind of like components it takes, it does the component, basically probably the billing of the thing. It's um, the uh, probably accounting where the car is and the records. Yeah. That would be interesting maybe just to, uh, sure. to understand. Sure. Basically, of course, it depends on how tech savvy you are. So assuming you're kind of a, a normal dude, you, you want to have the solution right out, out of the box, basically. So yes. what you're doing uh, after, of course, signing the contract, you kind of get your login data to a basic partner dashboard. So there you are able, first of all, because it's all about the vehicles, basically. First of all, you kind of configure your import. Of course, you can kind of set up the vehicles manually. Uh, of course, you can do that because when you don't have kind of, I don't know, just five different vehicles, you can do that by hand, of course. But uh, most of the time, you, you kind of configure your import, basically. So you kind of automatically upload a certain amount of vehicles on a daily basis. And then you start kind of surely um, set the prices for those. Uh, and there we are kind of starting to help you already uh, with our pricing suggestion tools. You see, we, we do have plenty of data in place and kind of leveraging that in order to display, yeah, an, an appropriate market price, basically, in order to kind of give feedback to the dealer, hey, that might be a price that's going to work for you. Uh, so pricing set, vehicle set, and uh, now you can decide either way you want to be listed on the marketplace, but uh, actually uh, the most dealers are interested in using the white label. So the next thing you need to do is to configure your white label. So you can kind of it's kind of a 
yeah, content management tool, I'd say, but very, very fundamental in order to keep things as simple as possible, because most of the time the, the dealer or the, the company uh, who's like to, to set up the business is, is not that tech savvy, to be, to be honest. So uh, it's kind of a yeah, tutorial you go through and, and kind of within five to, to seven steps, uh, you set up your, your white label. Basically, what you need is a website. You, you need kind of a, uh, a domain for that. And then you kind of can set certain configurations, all that kind of stuff, which runtimes you'd like to offer, uh, how many filters you'd like to have in your white label, and what kind of vehicles you'd like to offer. So it's, it's a very straightforward process. And it usually takes not more than half an hour. So it's very our aim to simplify the process as, as much as possible. It's, it's interesting. And when car dealers approach and they say, like, hey, I, I want to use it, it's like, or when you approach them, how do they feel about because subscription, maybe some would feel, hey, is that cannibalizing my actual business? Is yeah. it, do, do they want to get new customers that they wouldn't get otherwise? Do they want to use it as a utilization tool in terms of like, hey, I, anyway, yeah. the cars are here for like a, a month. Like, like what is the, like the business rationale when they're implementing your software? Um, well, back in, I'd say 2019, uh, we would also always uh, need to answer the question, why is subscription a relevant business? Or it might be, but that is kind of not the case anymore. Uh, and, and Julian, our CSO, would kind of perfectly answer now the question you just mentioned, but I'll, I'll try as well. So it depends on the dealer, basically. You see, uh, we are all about providing the tools, and then you can kind of leverage the, the tool set we offer in order mm -hmm. to maximize the thing you or the, the business case you have in mind. You see, you can kind of surely kind of leverage your existing kind of fleet already you have in place. You can generate used cars, which you can afterwards sell to a certain amount into the market at a, at a kind of sweet spots price. But also uh, you can leverage our API and kind of integrate fully uh, any kind of checkout solution into your already existing website. And therefore, having a kind of a threefold offering, meaning you offer finance, you offer buying the, uh, the vehicle, or you offer it as a subscription, basically. And it's not directly cannibalizing, that's fair to say. It's rather about a new target group, because what the, the, the car dealers realize is that people start even now more than ever, they're demanding a flexible ownership, which is subscription. And therefore, they are kind of forced to have an answer because they're, they're kind of year-long customers already kind of asking for that and otherwise they 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 leave and and kind of cancel the business relations and therefore they need an answer and that is kind of the the, the gap we are aiming at. And, and I think this is an extremely interesting gap and, and platform because I, there's probably one thing or, or one of the most things in Germany that are very political and where there's a lot of power is, is, is definitely automotive. When you developed that solution, you mentioned, okay, there was a bit of um, convincing to do for the dealerships, but like who, who was the biggest opponent to say with the OEMs, the car manufacturers, were it um, that are also offering subscriptions now or, or recently mm. were more like these um, larger companies, uh, again, I'm not an expert, but something like like to drive and miles and these who were um, kind of like, like uh, maybe 
a bit of a bit of opposing forces on on your journey uh, when you when you look at the landscape of of actors in it. Mm. I I think in terms of actors, uh, surely there there's like to drive Viva La Car, Finn, uh, Cluno back then, or still Cluno, sure. But they are actually were educating the market for us, so the the market is, is still growing, and and therefore they weren't that kind of a an obstacle for us. Uh, it was rather helping us along because the dealer needed an answer because end consumers kind of demanded subscription. Mm, I think it's rather on a business perspective, uh, looking at a dealership which is very successful in selling vehicles and also very successful in, I don't know, uh, providing leasing and finance products. Uh, why should they change their business model? And that is kind of the innovator's dilemma because they, they are very focused and optimized on providing finance products as well as selling cars. And subscription is a new product and you need a kind of a new business unit uh, for that. And you, you, you kind of need the cars basically for subscription. You can't sell it. But the, the solution, kind of the, the, this questions we were getting at the, the beginning especially, uh, is, yeah, sure, you can leverage your car basically. Because first of all, depending on the car, how you kind of buy it from, I don't know, your source directly from the OEM or kind of from any kind of other dealer. Of course, depending on the buying price, you can kind of leverage it and use it or basically use the asset uh, during the subscription generating revenue but also afterwards can still sell the car to a very decent price in the market and therefore kind of making money yeah, twice basically or over a certain amount of time rather kind of having a one-off payment, which is more attractive to the dealer. And that's kind of a story we are aiming or playing at basically. So it was kind of rather the mindset of the dealers that we are The mindset, of, I guess, also um, the, how, they, how they set up I don't know if they're sufficient, but how they set the treasury and the money flows and when, when you pay for a car. And, and that, that's also something interesting. Maybe you can walk us a bit through the commercials of a subscription also, because you are a platform, the commercials. Is it that um, your platform is probably based uh, on a SaaS fee? Do you participate in a subscription? Do you kind of like tie the economics to the economics of the dealerships? Uh, maybe to, to understand a bit for the audience how... Yeah. And how does a, uh, um, a business model like subscription make money? Yeah, sure, sure. As a platform, you, of course, have, have several opportunities to, to make revenue. Uh, we call it our revenue sandwich, basically. But I, I, I'd say the, the major slices, like the, the actual bread uh, of, of the sandwich, is basically our software as a service fee. It's a kind of a monthly fee, basically. And it's a few hundred euros. And, and on top of that, we get a, a, a rake, a, a transaction fee out of each transaction, which is kind of put through the platform, basically. It's very similar to Shopify. It's, mm -hmm. it's like really similar to that one. And of course, um, th that is kind of the, 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 the major revenue drivers for us at the current point, of course. But also, as you, as you might realize, we, we had, do have plenty of data and therefore leveraging that data selling additional products to the dealers, to the customers, is also kind of adding on top of that sandwich, I guess. And, and, and you mentioned couple, like, uh, you mentioned how, how the product works, a couple of these, these services. If you, if you maybe look 
what are the near-term future? One year, two years? Like, what are these? You, you mentioned cap, uh, the 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 products you're offering now. Like, what is what what uh, dealers um, request most? Kind of like where where do you see also from a development perspective uh, new models to to unlock and where you maybe can make a difference towards a competition or maybe um, also towards like the the traditional or the all-in-one solutions that that you mentioned or the OAM solutions that you mentioned. Well, basically, being able to integrate our software everywhere meaning API first is kind of the strategic decision we, we, uh, we made uh, already uh, several years ago and therefore kind of starting and leveraging our API, uh, not in, only in, uh, externally, but also internally uh, using basically our own API in our services. And that is kind of the, the, the major driver. And I think also the major demand in order to be and stay on top of things because car dealers eventually will get more and more tech savvy, I'd say. And therefore understanding what you can do with an API uh, will entail that they demand more basically endpoints with our API in order to kind of, yeah, bring to life their ideas with the subscription business, car subscription business, or I don't know, motor, uh, motorbike, uh, I don't know, e-bike, scooters, name it, everything that, that has a wheel or something. Or don't have a wheel like boats, or maybe. <laughs> yeah, it, it, so. and, and that's interesting. Is is that because uh, that's always uh, what I always love love to discuss with platforms? Is like, is the expansion strategy? Is it more I add uh, more end assets um, for subscription? Mm -hmm. Is it more I add more services for? Um, the uh, dealerships that are maybe bordering value chain wise on uh, on what I do, or is it and let's discuss if, if, uh, how that's possible. Is it more an international player? Uh, but then we'll probably see it's like, hey, what are the regulatory aspects? What are the, the data aspects that you have, et cetera? How, how, how do you see that, that vision? I, I think it's a bit of both. Surely you, you need to know what kind of levers you can pull in your business in order to grow. And surely the, the most obvious ones is uh, either new markets, uh, new products, or more customers. Uh, and therefore, surely you, you kind of uh, retain your current customer base with new products and enhancing your current product. That is surely one part of it. But also, yeah, gaining new customers, for instance, with new products. And therefore, yeah, attracting new customers that haven't been attracted yet gaining them and also surely uh, looking across borders and that that's what we're actually doing right now is, is already kind of looking into the adjacent markets we are not only active in Germany but also Austria and Switzerland and also mm -hmm. in the US all right uh, so um, that is kind of the the, the 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 growth levers each and every company has I guess in the end so the, it's as you just mentioned it's kind of threefold yeah. aiming at different topics and kind of dividing your time uh, sure that's kind of the challenge in the end and then the struggle you're having in your product meetings are what we're going to build and, and why we're going to build it and uh, what is kind of the return for us on it. Yeah, and, and maybe tapping on the internationalization that, that you are already on. Mm -hmm. How is the... How's Germany as just just um, interesting wise or the markets you're in mm -hmm. um, in terms of maturity, in terms of people, the way people use vehicles towards the US or towards other markets you're you're looking at, and, and what can you learn? Can Germany learn maybe from other countries? How's how's that um, that relationship? Love that question. Very interestingly, um, in terms of subscription and in our perspective, surely we are not kind of knowing all the markets in very detail, but uh, most of them, I guess. Uh, and in Germany, I'd say it's very advanced in terms of subscription. It's more advanced than in the US. Though, interestingly, in the US, it's more usual 
to switch your car because um, even if you lease your car, you kind of yeah return it and then lease a new car basically. So the the flexibility is already there in the market, but they they kind of use leasing uh, basically in order to have this flexibility. So in terms of flexibility, they are way off. They are way ahead of Germany. Um, but in terms of subscription education, Germany, I think, is kind of the, the, the leading, yeah, the leading market currently. As for the Switzerland and, and Austria, it's kind of attached to Germany, I'd say, in that regard. Very interesting, because that's always it's like uh, from such a country where, where an automotive is, is such a dominant, uh, I would say, part of the economy. It's always interesting to see how, how people actually use it and how that's compared to uh, to, to other markets. Obviously, uh, electric autonomous vehicles um, is something if uh, once you're in the OEM and vehicle market, is that something that's going to make it more difficult? It's not going to be a factor for you? How, how do you see like these driving trends, let's say the mobility and driving trends uh, on, a, on a broader scheme? You mean like uh, autonomous? autonomous driving, etc.? Yeah, I see where I come from. Well, you see, in the end, you need on the ground operations and kind of stations in order to have any kind of fleet operational. Is it like driving on itself or, or any kind of future kind of mobility as long as kind of even as if it's probably flying, I guess. Uh, therefore, you need kind of stations where you kind of either maintain the car, I don't know, uh, switch the vehicles, whatsoever. And therefore, the, the car dealer, in our perspective, in our vision, is kind of the perfect spot to do that. And of course, in the end, you need a software in order to manage your vehicles, in order to manage your, your business with whatever kind of business model we are probably having then in the future. Yeah. But um, that is kind of the... It's not a, uh, I'd say, a direct threat. It's rather an, an evolvement of, of usage, you see. And um, we, look at, we look at subscription as a kind of step to get there. It's, it's kind of a stepping stone to, to the next level of ev evolution, basically, in our view. Nice. V very interesting. Maybe then the last question to round it off. Today, you're obviously a, a software platform. We talked a bit about like, hey, what is what is a way forward? But you also mentioned, uh, obviously, you help in your modules with the payment and the financing, etc. Is that a, at some point, um, a consideration? Hey, do we want to own more of the finance tech? Do we want to offer it in a different way, in an embedded way, etc.? Is that, is that something that's, that's relevant and adjacent to your platform? For some, it isn't. For some, it is. Well, when kind of, uh, yeah, platform economics 101, maybe, uh, you see when you, when you look at a platform, you have kind of three streams to control, basically, which is uh, information, money, and also the, the asset, which is exchange. Could be information, uh, not information, but uh, like, I don't know, uh, uh, an Airbnb uh, flat, or in our case, a vehicle, or I don't know, uh, on eBay, your, uh, I don't know, your, your thing, You, you just bought. And uh, information flow is basically kind of having the listings in place. So th those kind of three in mind, uh, we already own the information part because we're kind of displaying listings. Also, in terms of asset uh, handover, basically, yeah, that's kind of kind of hard to own because we, we are a platform. So that's kind of off the table. And surely, as you mentioned, finance is very interesting for us. And also uh, kind of owning that information or not information but owning that stream basically is and in our view paramount in order to stay on top uh, and answering your question yeah that's very interesting for us because uh, the amount of money we are kind of processing at the current point surely with psp and all kind of providers already in place looking into the future it's surely in perspective in order to kind of move in there and kind of secure this core functionality in our field that that's surely might happen yeah
Nice, perfect. We are at the end of this kind of like cotton piece and uh, uh, all the, the active distance obviously know we always have um, uh, three, four uh, kind of like uh, more personal, more business question at the very end for the outro. And uh, yeah, let's, let's get right to it. Uh, what is any final thought you want to leave our listeners to when it comes to your product or your perspective on, on platform? Maybe start off with this one. A final thought. Oh, that's interesting. Well, it's in our current environment in a current world it's the thing to own stuff it's not about no. owning huge stuff basically anymore it's rather about usage and also thoughtful usage and i think subscription is a stepping stone as i mentioned to thoughtful usage that is kind of my my yeah. two cents here i Absolutely. guess I could 100% uh, subscribe to that because uh, that's exactly how I also changed a bit my life. To say, less owning, I don't own a car. I have also a car subscription, so fully, fully understand, fully subscribe. Um, who is a business leader you follow or whose posts do you enjoy reading? Or maybe there are none. Oh, I do read a lot. So uh, uh, let, me, let me think through uh, that one. Can I name two, maybe? Yes, yes, yes. You can name <laughs> one. Uh, yeah, uh, one of them is uh, definitely John Rossman. Uh, he wrote a very interesting book, uh, Think Like Amazon. I, I, uh, I've met him briefly, a uh, very cool guy. And um, kind of he changed the perspective on how I, I see our business very, very fundamentally. And the other one is maybe whom I actually follow and kind of uh, reading the newsletter actually is uh, Lenny Rajinsky. Uh, which is the former head of growth of Airbnb. Mm -hmm. uh, and he does have a very interesting newsletter. So that would be the second. I great, guess. great. I always love that because I, there's there's so many new inspirations. Uh, I can always get on that one. Perfect. Thank you. And then the, the last question, what's the favorite part of your job? What's the least favorite part of your job? And what would you like to spend more time on? Okay. Most favorite part of my job is seeing my team grow, seeing people evolve. That That is what I really love about my job coaching people to to enable them to help themselves in order to make themselves better but surely and in the end our business as well but uh looking at the bottom line uh, your company is the sum of the people you're having and their skills so that's kind of a favorite part of it the least favorite part I, i'd say not least favorite because they, they are I, i look at them as as they are part of my job so i i surely i do not enjoy them um But uh, realizing, oh, it's rather a feeling, maybe not, not a kind of uh, an actual job I'm doing. It's rather a feeling that I, what I don't like is um, realizing that we could have done better. Uh, that, that's what kind of annoys me and kind of drives me, actually. Yeah, yeah. F fully understand. Maybe the last one, what would you like to spend more time on? Yeah. If you um, had the time? I think coaching people. Because I think in the end, it's about making them successful, making us as a company, as a whole company successful. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I've, I'd Perfect. love to do more. Yeah. Perfect. Max, thank you so much. We're at the end, uh, uh, right on the dot. Thank you for much, uh, so much for, for attending. Um, it was um, super, super insightful. Learned so much about uh, mobility and the platform sector. And yeah, thanks so much for joining in. And it was a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, pleasure as well. And, and it was super fun talking to you.